Experience Action Let's stop just talking about customer experience, employee experience, and the experience of leaders. Let's turn ideas into action. Your host, Jeannie Walters, is an award-winning customer experience expert, international keynote speaker, and founder of Experience Investigators, a strategic consulting firm helping companies increase sales and customer retention through elevated customer experiences. Ready, set, action. One, two, Hello, everyone. I am Jeannie Walters. It's another edition of Experience Action Podcast. And today we're doing something a little different, a little new. I have with me our Director of Business Development, Paige. Paige, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, you are here because we were chatting about kind of just some things going on in customer experience. And so uh, we had this idea to create the CX Pulse Pulse Check once a month. So I'm really happy you're here because I think there's a lot of things to cover. I think a lot of the CX leaders out there will be really interested in some of the things that we're talking about. And, you know, you're relatively new to customer experience. So this was a cool idea. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in the short time I've been here, I think I started in end of July. So definitely just getting into it. But with the conversations I've had, I've heard a lot of people wanting to just like tap into the Jeannie Walters perspective, the (laughs) point of view, because you have a unique viewpoint. I mean, you work experience investigator works with so many different industries and companies and you work with different branches, even within those companies. So I think that you have a very good point of view on the latest and greatest in CX and how we can use it. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And I think that, you know, in that work with different leaders and in responding to the amazing questions that we get on this podcast, I have really found that, unfortunately, like customer experience is not a universal business topic, right? Like we all have different opinions. We have different roles. We have different goals. And so sometimes just keeping up is a real challenge for these leaders. So I, I grabbed a few things uh, from the headlines, as they like to say, uh, to talk yeah. about. And so one of the things that um, I've been following for a while is this idea of how McDonald's, the fast food company that we all know and love, is actually um, really investing in customer experience in creative ways. And so a couple of years ago, they actually started putting together a global team very much dedicated to this. They also have been really investing in modernizing the brand, not just the experience, but also kind of how they interact with their partnerships. The, you know, they had that adult happy meal come out and it was a huge success. Uh, so they're tapping into nostalgia and all of these different things. But What I'm fascinated by as a customer experience professional is the way that they're using behavioral information, data from their customers, but also kind of the macro view to change the actual experience that we might have as customers with McDonald's. And and so, um, you know, we we shared a couple of weeks ago with our CXI flight school group about how they McDonald's used. an acquisition. They acquired an entire company called Dynamic Signals. It's a technology firm. And that was all so they could make more personalized experiences through their drive-throughs and through the kiosks and through those ways that we interact. So that 
information will actually change based on where you are in the country or where you are in the world, um, what the weather's like where you are, because <laughs> <laughs> they're taking it all into perspective. And that's great. They are because, you know, on a cold January day in Chicago, I bet they don't sell as many shakes <laughs> as they do on a hot July day in Kansas City, let's say. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, you know, they take all of that into account because that's what people are saying they want is a more personalized experience. But they're they're going even further now in this headline that says the end of McDonald's self-serve soda signals a drive-through only future. Lots of S's there. So iteration <laughs> <Generation>, McDonald's. <laughs> but essentially what they've found, and I'm curious what people out there think about this, but people are spending less time in restaurants. We are going through more drive-throughs. We have less time. We want more convenience. We want to order ahead, all of those things. So they started really experimenting with drive-through models like order headlines. And so you can order on the app and then go through a special line. Because I don't know if you've had that happen, but I've had that happen where I order ahead at like a Starbucks or something. And then you go in and you don't, you see this huge line and there's no obvious place to pick up the order. Yeah. Yep. Starbucks was the first one that popped into my head. <laughs> They're so great about that order ahead, but you still have to go through the line. Just to That's right. Up. That's right. And so they're trying to make it more obvious and make it actually more convenient. But in one of the uh, pilots that McDonald's has going on, they actually have a conveyor. So you scan oh. your order and you say, this is the order I'm picking up in that order headline. And then you pull up to the window and the bag just kind of comes your way and you grab it and go. So they're also reducing some of the um, interaction time, you know, and paying ahead and all those things really help streamline the process. So they're not the only ones experimenting with drive-through. Taco Bell is doing a lot with this. Um, Chick-fil-A is doing a lot with this. Chipotle. And then I've written about this on our blog because I'm in Chicago. But Portillo's here in Chicago is known for their drive-through because they handle it very differently with a lot of people. So they're kind of going the opposite end where they use technology on the inside, but they actually send people out to the drive-through line to take orders and send them in. And it actually speeds up the whole process. So now when people go by a Portillo's, like we know, even if it looks like a really long line, you're like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's because Chick-fil-A, right? They send yes. those people out with the pads. There's usually like two or three of them. So that by the time you, you can order and then pay before you ever get to the window. That's right. Nice. That's right. And uh, actually in this, according to this data that we have here, Chick-fil-A is the fastest car uh, drive through um, by 107.41 seconds to McDonald's 118. So we're talking seconds, but it does make a difference, right? Yeah, it does. And so what what really struck me about all this news about McDonald's was just how much they're investing, how much they're looking ahead to the customer experience and really taking in how are people behaving and how will they behave in the future and what are they really looking for? So I think it's something all of us can think about as what are we doing to look ahead and make sure we're keeping up with customer expectations and investing in the right places? And this is, I mean, half of what we do with our clients is talk to them about priorities because customer experience leaders have too many priorities. Right. I mean, That's what I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, they're taking it into account and they're making actionable moves to affect their bottom line. It's obviously right. going to affect their revenue. So if I'm a CX leader, how do I 
take the same actions? How do mm-hmm. I get where McDonald's is? Yeah, well, first of all, you need to be a billions of dollars global brand. Yeah. So start there. No. Uh, (laughs) So what I would say is it's really about understanding what you're trying to do with the information that customers are both telling you explicitly and implicitly. Because I think sometimes as customer experience leaders, we get really caught up in just focusing on customer feedback based on what they're telling us. But like you and I are not going to say to McDonald's, you know, I think in five years, I'm going to be, want a faster drive through Like, we're not going to say those things out loud. So we have to look at what is the behavioral shift? How are people responding to things? The pandemic was a huge lesson in this. And one of the things that I've seen as a frequent traveler is all of a sudden, like, we all really care about health and safety and cleanliness in a different way than in the past. And so we need to see signals of that to feel safe and to feel like we're getting the experience we were promised. So a lot of hotels have different signs now. They have, I I like when I walk into the hotel room and the remote is like hygienically sealed and they say we clean this because then yeah. I'm like, oh, I've, I've got my wipes ready just to be clear, yeah. but because <laughs> those remotes are nasty, but, yes. <laughs> uh, but that's like, thinking through what are the expectations now and how can we stay ahead of them and look at not just what customers are telling us, but what is the behavioral stuff that's going on too. Yeah. So, so another fun headline and this one will be quick, but uh, you and I both like Legos, right? Yes. I have them literally on my desk right next to me. I have this cool bonsai tree that my husband made for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Right now you'll be able to see it, but it's a beautiful, white and pink bonsai tree. Thank you, husband. (laughs) (laughs) And well, and you and your husband are great examples because what they found was that several years ago, they really started noticing that we are um, adult enthusiasts. They have many more adult enthusiasts than they used to think. And so they started really designing products and experiences for adults, but they still had this whole idea of um, their I think it was called the VIP program, their loyalty program. And that was really kind of geared more towards kids and, uh, you know, interacting in the stores and things like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is that they're such a physical product, but they're really embracing the digital experience and combining the two in very creative ways. And so they've revamped their entire loyalty program. It's now called Lego Insiders. And one of the things that they uh, have changed is that you have to be 18 or older. Now, they are doing this in a way that embraces the idea that you could be a parent or a guardian and still get your kids involved. But it's really a pretty big spectrum of customers that they're looking to appeal to here. And so they are kicking this off in such a creative way. They have an augmented reality treasure hunt, essentially. So you can use the augmented reality with the physical bricks that you have and find different treasures and get different rewards. So it's already really taking off. And it's just a great example of if you want people to engage, if you if you have something you're launching or signing up, you need to kind of give them something to really make it urgent then and make it something that they get value from immediately. Right. And the other thing this reminds me of is a couple months ago, Delta Airlines when they first announced that they were the first 
airline to have free Wi-Fi on all of their planes, the way to get the free Wi-Fi was to sign up for their loyalty program. Now, it didn't cost anything. It was just like submitting your data, essentially. But they were expecting, I don't know how many, they were expecting a couple, you know, 10,000 or so signups. And they got 250,000 signups like right away. So it exceeded so many expectations because there's value there for somebody. So I think this is where we talk a lot about data and like, how do we get customers to submit their data? We have to give them value as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think they're so smart, like from the customer experience side, Lego, because Mm -hmm. for example, my husband and I, we don't have children. We live here in Kansas city. There's a Lego land. We can't go into Legoland unless we have a kid with us. Oh, interesting. Isn't that odd? Like they won't let you in unless you have a kid with you. So we haven't been able to go in and like explore, but opening it up to like 18 plus and doing things like that allows Mm -hmm. those of us without children to be able to still invest. And because we will, we'll buy it all. (laughs) (laughs) We love them all. (laughs) They paid attention to the trends and yeah. Well, and I think you bring up another really important point about being inclusive. And the the other thing we didn't mention about Lego is that they came out with Braille bricks. And that was because they wanted to create an experience that could be more inclusive. And if you think about, you know, building things with color and things like that, and or even just understanding some of those little tiny pieces, if you're not really looking at it, <laughs> it can be hard. Right. So they have uh, different ways for people to engage with their products that way too. So yeah, really thinking about inclusivity is so important to any customer experience professional, especially yeah. today. I mean, we we are past the point of it being expected. It needs to be demanded and it's harder than it, than it sounds sometimes, but there are always ways to be more inclusive. And part of that is just collaborating with those customers. And like, if I were Lego, I would say, hey, Paige and your husband, come with us. Let's figure out how can we get you to Legoland? Please, Lego, sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Right? So So fun. fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that um, I wanted to touch on today that is very new in the headlines is about Amazon. Um, I don't know if you know them. They're a small little company. Tiny. You know, I may have heard of it in passing one time. But. Yeah, exactly. They're just teeny tiny. Uh, but they are constantly innovating around the customer journey. And so they've done this in so many ways, of course, with Prime, which many of us are members with how they rolled out their, um, you know, their video on demand and all of those things. They're starting to produce content. I mean, they've just kept expanding. And every time they make a decision to expand, it's based on really what are they trying to do for the customer experience? Now, some of you might fight me on that because, of course, they're going to be profitable when they do this. And that is definitely motivation. But, you know, all of us have to think that way. We are in business to be successful and get profits and keep our executives and our shareholders and our customers happy. And so... The way that they do that is thinking about how can we make our customer journey a little more effortless, a little easier, a little less unpredictable. And this headline here says end-to-end supply chain management for all your sales channels. Now, sorry, I shouldn't call it a headline. This is actually on the Amazon site, but we have another actual headline here that I'll pull over. That is uh, supply chain by Amazon sounds like Amazon Prime for manufacturers. 
And so essentially what they're doing is they figured out that a lot of their sellers who aren't necessarily selling through Amazon, but those third-party sellers that you see, um, that they were having trouble with their supply chains, their, their logistics. They were not able to deliver goods on time. And so Amazon started hearing about that from both the customer and the seller. And so what they started thinking through was like, okay, we know that we're really good at this, right? Like they have the supply chain pretty much locked in. Logistically, Amazon is exceptional at what they do. And so now they're offering that as a service for these sellers so that they can, you know, make it easier for everybody. And they're thinking through that journey. So they're saying, you know, one of the things that they're going to do is have this multi-channel distribution as a service, which will allow sellers to move products in bulk from Amazon's warehouses to other non-Amazon facilities. Now, that might not seem like a big thing, but if you're thinking about it from, okay, we could move one thing at a time, which can be unpredictable, it can be costly, that's what causes some of the delays, to now we're going to say, okay, we're going to move in bulk, we're going to save those costs, we're not going to have to pass those on to our customers, we're going to know what we have as far as our inventory in a, in a smarter way, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good reminder for any of you leaders out there who are maybe B2B, but at the end of the day, those businesses you're serving are delivering to customers. Yeah. The more you can think about that B2B experience and how to streamline that and make it better, then you actually deliver more for those customers and everybody wins. Yeah, this was something that, I mean, prior to me getting into the CX world, I was in the tech world. And mm-hmm. when the pandemic happened, I mean, it was back orders trying to get those software chips, like the supply chain issue was a very big topic for, uh, I mean, still is. Yeah. So the fact that Amazon's taking strides and trying to figure it out and get the best way possible is great because a lot of companies just kind of froze. Huge they, companies, <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> so, well, especially when we had barges like stuck in canals for 19 days or whatever that was. Like, there were crazy. so many crazy things happening. But I think it was a great lesson that all of us took was you cannot separate supply chain from customer experience. You cannot oh, separate logistics from customer experience. And now I'm seeing a lot more dialogue with the leading companies that we work with. Like when they get it, they really get it that we need to communicate back and forth. We need to respect the process and the leadership of both so that you can have those open dialogues because things are going to go wrong with your supply chain. Like that's going to happen. And so what do you do? What's your backup plan? How do you communicate to customers in a way that is proactive, that is you know, with empathy and compassion, but also understanding like, hey, this went wrong. Sorry, this is what we're going to do about it. This is what you can expect. And the only way we can do that is if we talk to supply chain and they talk to us. So yeah. And another unfortunate thing that I still think we're seeing is massive rounds of layoffs. Have Mm. you seen that happening? What do you, what's your insight onto that? Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, I read a headline a while ago and I, I'm going to botch it paraphrasing, but essentially it was like, forget quiet quitting. Now we're like quiet firing um, because they're not announcing these huge layoffs like we saw a couple months ago, but we're seeing these like small waves that are happening. Uh, there is a lot of uncertainty and concern about the economy and the future and all of those things. And what I'm seeing with CX is that leaders are basically kind of being told like, sorry, we had a bad year, right? Like 
um, weather events were huge this year, and that affected a lot of different organizations, financial services, construction, um, you know, logistics, all of those things. And so when things like that happen, of course, you know, leaders look around and think, where can we cut those expenses? And I would just say, like, if you are a CX leader listening to this right now, um, you better know your ROI. You better understand, like, what is the value that you bring, not just you personally, but also what does customer experience do for your organization? You're spending money and time and effort doing things like collecting that customer feedback. If all you have to show for it is a dashboard, that's not going to convince anybody. What you need to do is tell that story in a different way. And, you know, we, I wrote an article a couple of years ago that I still send out uh, and it's called is customer experience worth it and how much should you invest? And so it really is like kind of a playbook of how do you define ROI? How do you think about it? How do you actually look for things like customer lifetime value? Um, Make your case. That's my recommendation. If you are in a position right now and you're hearing about these layoffs and you're getting nervous, make your case. Because the thing is, if if this is done well, if we invest in customer experience in the right ways, the company wins no matter what the economy. That's been proven again and again. You will come out ahead long term. You will come out at the end of you know, an economic dip or any of those things with customers still with you instead of having to rebuild. And in this economy where there's all this weird stuff going on with employment too, um, (laughs) right? Like weird time. Let's just talk about how weird everything is. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, 2020. (laughs) Yeah. So they, uh, but, you know, employees actually do better when customer experience is doing well because nobody wants to work at a place where everybody's complaining Right. And nobody wants to work in a place where they feel like there's a lack of alignment with what the company says and what they do. And so the more that you ha- can have that integration in, we're all on the same page, we all understand our customer experience mission statement, and we're all working towards that, then you're actually going to have employee referrals, you're going to have employee retention, all those right. things that we want too. So this, I would totally, we'll put this article in the show notes of this episode, but I think it's just a good reminder for anybody out there today. Customer experience absolutely is a winning business strategy, but we have to speak like business strategists to do it. And I think a lot of customer experience people are put in a position where their their success is defined on the wrong things. So make sure that you are empowered enough to define success the right way and make your case because we are rooting for you. Yeah. And if you want help, just ask us. We are always happy to step in and help you define your ROI. That is absolutely right. Yes. Yes. Speaking of us talking more, we do have a couple things coming up. Uh, Do you want to talk about? Sure. Things coming up? Yeah, for sure. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, uh, in September, we have a couple of things happening. We have a webinar September 26th at 2 p.m. Central. So some of you might be able to catch that at cxiflightschool.com. Even if you don't catch the live webinar, go ahead and check out cxiflightschool.com and you'll be able to see what we offer there. 
Uh, and that's really to support leaders like you who are in this position where you need to really make your case and define success the right way. And then on the 29th, we're back with LinkedIn Live. And Paige, you're going to be joining me there too, right? I will. You guys yeah. can ask questions and talk with us. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. It's my first. And you know what else is my first? What? This is my first CX day. Oh, my goodness. Well, welcome. This is Thank so exciting. <laughs> For those that don't know, it's October 3rd. I'm super excited about it. Jeannie has gotten me all revved up and ready. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited. That's right. And if you are celebrating CX Day at your organization, as I know some of you are, we would love to hear about it. So let us know what you're doing. Um, we have, we're really interested in your story. So please feel free, leave us a voicemail, send us a note through the website at experienceinvestigators.com or just, uh, you know, leave me a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash experience action to leave a question or let us know how you're celebrating, what you want to share, anything like that. CX Day is a really special event. It's really aimed at customer experience professionals like you. The CXPA is kind of the owner of it. That's the Customer Experience Professionals Association. They have global events uh, throughout the day. And I put that in quotes because depending on where you are, it might start on October 2nd. <laughs> so, <laughs> But there are all sorts of webinars and activities and things. And I know some of you are celebrating at your organizations. We're certainly going to be celebrating here at Experience Investigators. And I just love celebrating the work that you are doing. So thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode. Thank you, Paige, for being here. This was a lot of fun. Of course. I had a blast. I hope to come back. Excellent. Yes. Well, we will see you and talk to you in probably about a month with another CX Pulse Check. Otherwise, you will hear from me every week answering your questions at Experience Action. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. To learn more about our strategic approach to experience, check out free resources at experienceinvestigators.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, our Year of CX program, and more. And please follow me, Jeannie Walters, on LinkedIn.